You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! Welcome to the next episode of Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Media Network. I am here today with one of the proprietors, brilliant genius, uh, you know, great nerd savior to Yuma because it is the only nerd bar in Yuma, so to speak, or game bar, video game bar, uh, Romero of Red Moon Ale House. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cool that you bring that up because... Uh, Fun fact, um, we try to say that we were a barcade and that phrase is actually uh, trademarked. Really? Yeah. By who? Um, there's a group, I think it was in New York. So the story goes, if uh, memory serves me right, is that there was an actual barcade, a place called Barcade, and this guy was doing oh, it in the early okay. 2000s and it tanked. So he went out of business for a couple of years. And when he did that, this other guy came in and he started coining the phrase barcade and he put in like a legal uh, application to trademark it and it wasn't contested for five years so he won wow so the term barcade is his now and that guy who owned the original barcade tried to come back years later and start a barcade and he got sued by wow. that guy that's interesting trivia right there so it, it, it's cool because uh when i started um colleen and i you know we had an idea we did this and i have a mentor from new mexico uh, named vicky from uh, native american uh capital um actually nmcc and i was in a program called native american entrepreneur resources and she was my mentor and she actually gave me that information because i was my first like post out there I wanted to be like oh you a barcade we have a barcade and she saw that she's like whoa 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 delete that and I can't was use like, that word yeah and then she sent me the article I was like oh my god like I'm so glad I didn't put red moon barcade like in my right. like sign outside or in any legal documents so I kind of like dodged a bullet <laughs> <laughs> so what made you see that there was this opening this need for a video game arcade well, it's, it's a trip. I was just talking about this to someone else's like, um, people know me. Uh, I, I go by the name Divine Wind. I was in the hip hop scene and I had a band called Kamikaze Democracy, like semi-punk and um, I'm a skater too. So a lot of the skate community knows me, but people who like really know me know that I grew up collecting comic books, action figures, um, uh, movies, like, a lot of like memorabilia. Uh, my dad was a huge Star Wars fan. My mom was a Star Trek fan. So like, I got both of them, and I gravitated more to Star Wars and uh, a lot of uh, darker comic books that my mom got me into, like uh, Blood Sword. And uh, um, she actually got my very first comic book was a Ninja Turtle comic book. Oh, very cool. Like, first, I still have it. Like, <laughs> I have two number one prints of Ninja Turtles, like wow. one unread and one that I read like religiously. 
and it's pretty cool because the the first ones were really dark like they yeah shredded like right away with a grenade oh yeah um from that point like i used to draw a lot too my mom's an artist she still does beadwork paintings and um i kind of grew up around like all that artistic stuff so gravitating towards games was like natural my dad bought my first nintendo for me i think in 88 i yeah no 86 I was four years old, and he cut my hair, and I'm Native American, so like when you, we grow our hair out long, and I, I cried, and to shut me up, he bought me Nintendo. <laughs> so it was like the greatest thing ever, playing Mario. And uh, he actually played it a lot more than I did at first. Of course. But um, anything new he got, like you know Nintendo, Sega, Super Nintendo, and um, it was just video games were always around me, so I love video games. And then growing up, you know, adolescence, I started skateboarding and getting more into a scene where you know, girls were a factor, so it's not cool <laughs> to be at home playing games all the time or, you know. At least like, back in that day. Yeah, and I'm talking late 80s, early 90s, you know. My friends were, and I listened to a lot of, you know, um, back then I listened to a lot of Bad Brains and Dead Kennedys and uh, The Untouchables, and my friends were listening to Tupac and, like, um, Easy e and... I, I could relate, like, okay, that's cool music, but at the same time, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm just going to listen to my ska and punk and play video games. But to them, like, I don't know, the early 90s was kind of like everyone was gangster and sagging pants, and I just didn't get it. I didn't like sagging my pants because yeah. I couldn't ollie as good. So. <laughs> that, I mean, that would make sense. It'd restrict <laughs> you from doing those things. It, which is crazy because I would see people sagging and still skating and shredding. I'm like, wow, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> I, have, I have to wear shorts because I hate the constriction of pants. But, um, yeah, my background, I grew up just gaming and um, always been into it. And I know we had that conversation about d and I've always wanted to get into it. But it was just that one step higher of, like, nerdism that, like, my friends weren't into. And right. my friends that did collect comic books, they never reached that far. <laughs> but I would always see the advertisements, the, the dragon. I'm like, man, that looks so cool. Like, you know, the whole, like, imagination of, you know, playing. And um, my friends were like, what? We got to imagine? And, like, there's no pictures? No, I want to play. <laughs> so I just barely recently got into D&D, like, four years ago. And it's amazing. Like, it's like, where have you been all my so, life? So do you have a, a certain character class that you like to play? Um, so right off the bat, I was like, I need to be a wizard. And my cousin was like, <laughs> dude, slow down. Like, wizards are pretty... They're pretty, pretty intense yeah. for a first-time player, yeah. I was like, nah, dude, I gotta be a wizard. Like, I have to. <laughs> I need to, need to, like, throw some, some bombs or, like, get us out of some, some sticky situations. So... Being like a, a wizard, like right off the bat, he, I just sucked. <laughs> like I was <laughs> screwing the whole campaign up, and uh, my sister joined, and she was a uh, 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 was it half orc, half giant, or she was she, she was like a big beast, and her character was really cool. I was like, man, I should have just been like a big old tank. Like that would have been a little bit cooler instead <laughs> of not knowing any spells and just being this like wannabe wizard, like. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've played for a few years now, and it's you, you come to learn that in the early, like, early um, levels, being the tank and being the fighter is really cool. You get to do all the stuff then. Later levels is when the wizard gets to have all the fun. They get to, you know, blow stuff up or, you know, just snap a finger and all of a sudden that thing's dead kind of thing. So, I get it. Yeah, you I get it. jump to all the shiny things <laughs> first. So, so I mean... You hear the horror stories all the time about opening up a bar, opening up a restaurant kind of thing. What made you think that, yeah, 
I got this. Yeah, um, the support from Colleen, really. So, Colleen Davis, my girlfriend, um, we met eight and a half years or eight and a half years ago, and she, uh, her and I, shared the shared the same, you know, interest in music, and um, I don't know. She just kind of got me. I'm. She she doesn't get tired of like my movie taglines. I, I watch a lot of movies, so I quote a lot of movies and. I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> and to her surprise, she's like, dang, I didn't know you were like this dorky. I'm like, yeah. I kind of have like this like weird stoic native facade that most people don't like see past until they start talking to me. And they're like, oh yeah, this guy's a big teddy bear. <laughs> so um, we started talking and she, she wanted to open up a business. I wanted to open up a business. And uh, first I was like, oh, I want to open a skate shop because I know skateboarding. And uh, she had a lot of experience in restaurants. And when I was working at the casino, I kind of like hit a brick wall there and I was just like, I need to do something else. So we started saving our money and um, researching a business plan. And um, you know, it's tough, like just from the beginning. So we got a lot of help from uh, Randy at the small, Randy Nelson at the Small Business Development, the community college. And he put us in the right direction. We did our homework, we started saving. Uh, my sister helped us out and Colleen and I just were like, well, let's go all in on this. So the concept was, uh, it's just a restaurant first. So the menu that we have was the original menu that we had been messing with and okay. that's Colleen's baby like When she told me that she was gonna do all these like mashups of grilled cheese sandwiches I was like you're crazy like that's that doesn't sound like it's good at all <laughs> A spaghetti grilled cheese like uh, that sounds really messy <laughs> But when she made it I was like man that is bomb. Yeah, like, that's tasty. So like from that point I was like alright. I like the menu. Let's let's do it. Let's make a cool restaurant So it started out as a restaurant and then she's like, well, craft beer. We love craft beer. Let's do a restaurant bar. I'm like, yeah. And uh, we would go to Vegas every year for uh, punk rock bowling. And they had to insert coins. And this was back in 2013. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. And they ended up closing, I think, in 14. Yeah. And uh, we went there the last I would go there every time I was in Vegas because it's like you could drink beer and play video games. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> so I brought her. And she's like, oh, I've been here before. I'm like, oh, really? And the rest of the group hadn't. So we got a table and a bottle of liquor and just played. I, was like, I told the guys, like, you guys want to get pissed off? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, play this game. And I put on a Super Ghosts and Ghouls or oh, wow. Super Ghosts and Goblins. And I, always, I always get the name backwards, but... Yeah, it's Ghosts and Ghouls, Ghosts right? and Ghouls. Yeah, like, yeah I think. Yeah. On Super Nintendo? Yep. God, yeah. that game is so hard. It's so <laughs> dumb. So they sat there for... We sat there for hours, and nobody could pass the first level, and I just started laughing. And they're like, "This game are, is this game beatable? And I'm like, yeah. It's they're like, this game is stupid. But they kept playing it, so... Then I was thinking, like, man, that, I wish this was at home. Like, I wish we had something like this at home. So Colleen's like, you're right. So we went home and we started thinking about it, like, let's do an arcade, too. And at the time, you know, we had Golden Q. Um, Tony's had closed down. And we hadn't really had, like, another arcade before then since the mall, you know, with the... Uh, yeah, the Lion's, Lions Den, Den, Pinball Plus. Pinball Plus. I remember yeah. it was Pinball Plus, yeah. Oh, fun fact. The guy from Pinball Plus that actually owned it lives in L.A., and I got the Terminator 2 Pinball and the Area 51 from him. Nice. So those were actually here before they returned. It's <laughs> a cool fun fact. That is a good fun <laughs> fact. That is awesome, yeah. Yeah, and like... Um, I mean, I've spent many hours at Pinball Plus playing the Simpsons game, which you have here. I don't know if it's the same one no, or not, it's not but, the same one, but I played a lot of that Simpsons game. Yeah, so. and, and when we were doing this, doing our, our homework, and we were doing the demographic, um, 
our age range, you know, like they're older now, so they all have kids, they all contribute to the economy now. So I was like, this is perfect time that like nerds are rising and yep. like comic books are cool, comic movies are amazing, like even uh, indie films are starting to get big. Like I used to watch a lot of Korean films in the early 2000s and like old boy and battle royale and audition like these movies like blew my mind you know sympathy for mr vengeance and now like all these other uh artistic movies are coming out i haven't watched it yet but i was told parasite was amazing oh i need to see it too yeah Yeah. so like it's cool because like people are getting interested in cinema again like to like the art you know not and i always said it i always go man it's just so disappointing that american films always have to have a happy ending like true it's, it's not realistic no and um I think they're starting to get that now, like the, and they're starting to get that the rated R movies are where it's at, like, like the comic book movies, like you should make them rated R because that age age group that read them are older. Are older, yeah. Yeah, I always, uh, <laughs> Colleen was like, you just calm down, because uh, I'll go to the movies, you know, and um, people don't appreciate the movies that are coming out now, like when Thor came out, Ragnarok, I blew my mind. And I was just like, I have more right to be in here than these kids. They don't understand these movies yet. Like, they need to. They need like ten years of reading these comic books before. You were absolutely right. <laughs> before You're they can give me right. crap <laughs> for wanting quiet in the movie theater. But, but um, yeah, like just seeing it, and it, it like it warmed my heart to see that like this is all being accepted now, and like in schools and um, younger kids are like, man, that is cool. Like to play video games. I, there are kids making millions playing video games. Like, oh, that blows my mind. That blows my mind too. <laughs> like because of the the old thing was like you need to get out and, and do something. You need to learn something because you're not gonna make any money playing <laughs> video games. Well, guess what? Yep. If I would have spent all that time playing video games, I'd probably be making money now. <laughs> my uh, my niece plays Overwatch a lot. She's really good. She started with uh, Halo and uh, Call of Duty when she was young. Like she's 14 now, but she's been playing since she was like six. And she has really good hand-eye coordination and. We would always get a lot of guff, like, oh, she needs to, she does get in school. She's a musician. She plays a trumpet and trombone and a violin. So, like, she does her studies, but she's really focused on games. And um, that day came where that kid, like, from uh, won millions of dollars. On Fortnite? On Fortnite. Yeah. And I can just hear my, her mom, like, sticking up for her. Ah, ah, I told you. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, if, you know. She was dedicated enough. Maybe she'd be up there. Yeah, it's it's that thing now. It's like, oh, you can make a living off of it. Yeah, as a YouTuber, podcaster, like. It's but once again, that's because of our generation loving video games. Esports is a thing yeah, now. Esports, yeah. You know, like video game leagues and tournaments are a thing now because, you know, we brought in the video games. Yeah. We made it a thing. I mean, if I want to throw myself into that, <laughs> in with you, if it's okay. Uh, I mean. All that's being said, you still have the traditional sports bar kind of thing going on because you have TVs on the on the screen that are playing sports events. You know, you have the the, the family dining section. So, why was it that it? What made you think that not just doing one particular thing, but all the things together would be a great idea? So, um, yeah, when I came back, I was like, oh, we should do you know video games, and she's like, that's a great idea. So. I was like, I better get one of these and tear it apart so I know how to fix it because those companies don't exist either. They used to lease out these games. So um, I kind of dove into that. And uh, um, later on, you know, I got some of the games from Golden Q and Gabe was super cool. He opened up his shed to me and, like, let me go through all his games and uh, cherry pick them. And 
he kind of gave me some pointers and helped me out a little bit too and uh that's why i asked him for the sign and the signs up because mm-hmm. i wanted to pay you know respects to where we came from right because i spent a lot of a lot a lot of time there a lot of time games there <laughs> um but when we really rounded it out to like what we wanted it to be labeled as we kind of said everything like um what it really came down to was uh, space because originally we wanted to be out in the foothills where uh, Wheezy's is now, mm-hmm. when it was Parrish's. Right. And Parrish's, bur- it burned down, so that was uh, an option. We were like, oh, we should be on the foothills. There's nothing out here in the foothills. And then uh, across from the, the campus, we looked into maybe the Tamarack building. I thought it'd be cool to be right there by the college, but you know you can only be so many hundred feet when you're selling alcohol. Oh, okay. Um, I think we were in the clear, but in the end, we would have had to rebuild the kitchen that was in there. So we were looking at like cost of building stuff, and um, <clears throat> we the LZ bar was another option we were looking at. I liked it there, and we were gonna call it like Hidden Coins because it was kind of hidden away. Yeah. And it, that, that's a cool spot. But uh, we had looked at this building that we're in right now, and my tribe owns it. It's a Quetzan owned, and um, we had been in here once, and we're like, no way, this place is just way too much. You know, it's too big. We can't do it. And uh, the third time that we came in here is when we were like, no, we can do this. We can make it happen. We can make it a restaurant. We can make it a bar. We can make it an arcade. There's a stage for a venue. There's outside. We're like, so we just kind of got creative with everything. And like you said, we put up a bunch of TVs. We love sports. You know, we're football fans, hockey fans, basketball fans. And uh, we try to show whatever games we can. Being that we're new, we couldn't get the ticket right away just because it's, it's a lot to yeah. invest in when right. people don't know that we have it. <laughs> so next year, I'm sure, or this year, I'm sure we're going to be investing in it. But, um, yeah, we kind of just wanted to hit all angles. You can come in here with your family, dine in in the dining area, and you know there's there's a couple TVs up, and it's pretty chill and quiet, and the lighting. Um, and you also do corporate events, like you like past week you closed down for a couple hours because uh, someone rented out the venue for a couple hours. Yeah, right? yeah, um, that was really awesome of them. Um, Heather, she's awesome. She ran the whole thing, and we had some supreme cut. Court judges, uh, judges in here, Supreme Court judges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some high-end ones too. Like, I'm not too familiar with them. Like, I don't know if they're like famous. Like, they have their own baseball cards. <laughs> but no, they were all really nice, really cool. Um, we do a lot of uh, groups. Like the Blue Inks always come in here. Um, there's a military insurance uh, woman who comes in here for military and like explains their insurance. And she rents out the room and she gets some flights of beers. It's really cool like to see that they come once, they like it, and they want to continue to do right, it. So, yeah. uh, we have a, a banquet room that holds you know 40 comfortably, and we, they do birthday parties in here. They do meetings in here. Um, the Forgotten Warriors always come here once a month to discuss their plans uh, for a documentary that they're doing about San Pasquale uh, oh, class wow. of 70. There was a class that was undefeated for three years and like won the championship with like they played Iron Man football like they had like nobody wow. on their team that sounds just, like a Disney movie right there like yeah. you know all those sports movies that Disney does oh there's whispers that that's getting talked about okay making it into a TV series on Netflix so that would be cool that would be cool but um yeah like all all sorts of people come in here we get a lot of um I don't know if it's a, a derogatory term, but snowbirds that come in here with their large groups, and they they seem to like it, and it surprised me, but it shouldn't surprise me because they grew up, you know, playing Pac-Man in the arcades. True, they, yeah. You know, like so when they see it, like it's super cool. I, I've seen some, 
I don't know, being nice, 70 year olds playing the arcade games. And I was like, that is so cool. Nostalgia works for every age. Yeah. And then I'll see little kids and their dads, you know, grew up playing this. So they give them a handful of quarters and they play. And I see the dads having to come back to him and go, oh, well, you put the quarter in. And if it doesn't come out, you got to push the red button and do it again. Yeah, that's right. And then they're like, oh, okay. And then I, I always see kids not knowing that the, the white button with the little guy on it is player one. Like, <laughs> push player one to start. To where so it started. The, the one that gets me all the time and I always tell people is, like, I'll see kids every now and then. I haven't seen it so much now, but they'll touch the screens. Oh. They get their touch screens. And they're like, no, nope, <laughs> it don't work that way. And, you know, I'm I'm 37. I'll be 38 in a couple months. And I'm like, damn, am I that old? Like, or was I young when I was, you know, getting into that generation? But it doesn't seem that long ago where arcades were everywhere to it, me. It, it doesn't seem that long to me. I mean, I'm 38 <laughs> tomorrow. Like, that's literally, we're the same age demographic. And... To turn that corner of, you know, you used to go to casinos and the, they, they would have the arcade room for the kids yeah. to play in. Those aren't there anymore. <laughs> There's no mall arcade, you know, uh -huh. thing. So people, I mean, I, one, I don't think people go to malls that much anymore. True. And two, it's just your home console is just so much more advanced mm -hmm. and you so much more variety. But you incorporate that here you 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 have consoles that people can play oh, yeah. at the bar you know kind of thing so with all that being said like where's there i mean I, I understand colleen came from a uh history of working restaurants and bars and stuff like that was there any big hurdles that you felt you need you had to get over or that big surprise that you were like oh i we weren't expecting that at all oh yeah like it, it was a trip um we got denied twice for our loan, finally got it. Um, and then the scary part of actually, like we planned out all our costs, like, okay, this we need this, this, and this. And then we overspend on one area, underspend on another, and then kitchen equipment breaks. Um, so this building, like I said, the third time, we're like, we could do this. And um, I worked with the tribe, like I worked for the casino for 13 years. And um, I, being tribal, I had the, the right to go up there and talk to him. Mm -hmm. So I was working with the, I guess you call him the landlord and kind of saying, okay, well this needs to be fixed, this needs to be fixed. And he worked with us as best he could, but when it all comes down to it, it's the, tri the council that agrees on it. So I would go in with him and just explain to him like, hey, I want to rent this building, but everything needs to be in working order. It's been sitting for so long. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were kind enough to do it and understand like, all right, so we came to an agreement and signed a lease and um, it took them a little bit of time, so that was a hurdle because we couldn't open. We were supposed to open in December of 2019. We didn't open, or 2018. Okay. We were, and we ended up opening in June of 2019. So it was a good five, six months where we couldn't open, and you know we had to, uh, we lost a little bit. Because you're still paying rent and stuff like that, and probably buying equipment and just not making any money back. Equipment not open. Yeah, sitting and all the the cable we signed up for the you know everything the gas the water mm -hmm. and you know we're in here cleaning and making sure that everything's going good but but again like in the end you know they worked with us and they were very reasonable and you know they gave us the opportunity to do this so like you said you know opening a restaurant it's tough um i've, I've heard it too you know just researching that it's really hard and it is hard and it's scary, and some days are amazing, some days are like, oh shoot, like we better get people in here, because I want this to survive. And, right. Um, 
uh, Yuma's been supporting us, and, and that's that's why I, I believe in it a hundred percent because um, I hear people come in here and just have a good time. You know, there are people, it maybe it's not their thing, and that's fine. And I try to accommodate to them as best I can. I'll, I'm usually here. Colleen's usually here, and we're you know putting out fires. Um, but some people just either it's a bad day for on our end or their end and um, you know we wish they'll come back and give us another chance because that's what we strive is for everybody to have a good experience and um, you know we just try to hit a high mark every time from the staff and you know the staff that we have we hope really appreciates what we're trying to do because we want to be the bosses that we always wanted to have mm -hmm. like I, I loved my job as a poker dealer and I had a director and I won't name him but he just sucked and we butted heads so much and all it took was a little humility on his end a little empathy mm -hmm. to just understand where we were coming from and you know we could have succeeded together but i'm glad he didn't and i'm glad he was such a jerk because it pushed me to do this <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's what they say people don't really leave jobs they leave bosses like yeah. you have a bad boss if that's the reason why you want to leave kind of thing so it may, that makes a, a lot of sense and Thankfully, yeah, you got to do this instead. <laughs> and I want to be that good boss. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and it's it's tough. There's there's a fine line that I've had to oh, learn yeah. over years of, you know, um, work work ethic and you know the boundaries. Um, but you know, they, they see me in the trenches with them. Me and Colleen, Colleen especially, she's always back here exploring. I'll go clean tables and touch tables and do the best I can when something goes wrong. You know, and I, I and I love our staff. Uh, present and past you know i mean unfortunately not everything works out for some people and i wish the best for them and um they gotta understand that like you know we have expectations and um if you can't meet them then you know it's a business yeah it is a business, business first <laughs> i need to make sure people keep coming back to pay their bills and to pay these lights mm -hmm. and and i did this not to to like be rich, you know, like I, I always joke, like you won't ever see me riding, driving a Mercedes, you'll see me driving a 1960 Volkswagen Bug that <laughs> like I'm putting money into like rebuilding and, um, or I'll just be on my skateboard or bike. Like, there you go. <laughs> like, I want to keep putting into this business and um, that's one thing that uh, I never really said that the more people that contribute here, the more games I can get. Like That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Because I keep a lot of them, you know, band-aided up, but eventually they're going to go out. And, oh, yeah. And I can replace them with, uh, you know, I can replace the CRTs with the LCDs, but, you know, that takes time and it takes, you know, money. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a, a huge uh, wish list of games I want to get, and I was just talking about this, like 720 is one of my favorite games I got to get, Paperboy, Tron. Yep. Like, um, Turtles in Time I got to get. Like, these are all <laughs> games I want to get. A lot more pinball and... Um, if I could, I'd riddle the whole place with video games, and Colleen wouldn't like it much. But <laughs> I think it's cool, you know. Like, but the, I try my best to uh, ex uh, exchange them, bring new ones in. Mm -hmm. Like, I have that. Uh, I have a two-player off-road. You know how it's like a three or four. That's a three-player one. Right, right. I have a two-player one. I fixed that one, so I'll be bringing that one back out on the floor. Um, but I like to do that and just kind of keep it fresh. So when you get here, like, my goal is to always have them all working. But and, and I know and I thank everybody for being patient. But I work on them, so uh, having to run the business and right. <laughs> so free time is not readily available all the time. You know, it's kind of the, I get that. So, what does the search for video games look like? Like, how do you do that? Do you just go online, go to eBay, kind of thing, looking for old cabinets or? Yeah, it's it's like uh, 
And it came to me just because I do it with comic books and with collectibles. Like, I'm always on Facebook, eBay, forums. Um, when I go out of town, I'm always looking around. I go to thrift shops. And um, same thing with games. Like, the more you get into it, you start buying parts because there's very limited places that buy parts. Just reading, studying, and then I start meeting people. And um, some people who want to get out of the business and they, you know, like, oh, well, I'm done. I'm over it. You know, I have this. I'm like, all right. Well, we work out a price and um, I'll find cabinets that I can fix. I know I can fix. And uh, there's auctions. There's, But the thing with auctions, they're kind of tricky because you don't know what type of game you're getting. If it's... Do you know like what the, condition it's yeah, in? Yeah, that's oh, what I mean. Like, wow. They might get it working for a second, then the board burns out or the, the monitor, you know, blows the capacitor and... You got to change it, which isn't hard, but it's just time consuming. Like, um, but yeah, it's just research, just looking at it. I mean, a lot of you'd be surprised how many people have them at home. Right. Well, I, I imagine. And they're bulky, and how many times are you going to play it? You know, and you eventually you're just going to sell it. So, um, and and it's it's a fair price. You know, you you kind of negotiate with them like what it's going to cost you to go over there, pick it up, pull it out, and then. Yeah, especially. I, I assume it's not an easy thing to ship. <laughs> no, they're heavy. They're anywhere from the newer ones are like two hundred pounds, but the old ones three to five hundred pounds. And probably and pinball machines have got to weigh more, right? Ah, uh, they're not too bad. They're around three. Oh, okay. They're, they're they're pretty decent. They're the only they're bulky, like yeah, they're awkward. It's like, awkward shape. <laughs> I want to invest in a machine that like it's a jack and I can move them around on wheels. It's, oh yeah. So I'm gonna get one of those soon. But yeah, those ones are a little harder to fix, but they're they're not hard. They're uh, more more time consuming. They're tedious. I was assuming it's very intricate. Yeah, 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 but it's not too bad. Like I like those. I like working on those. I really love pinball. It's just um, certain companies have their own kind of like their own solenoids and oh yeah yeah their own uh, poppers. So. But yeah, it's a like I had to laugh. I go, it's a labor of love. <laughs> so do you do you? Check the internet once a week, every every chance you get, or is it like, every chance I get? Every chance I'm, I'm you get. I'm probably on there like every day and like, just looking for more video oh, games. Man. And I wish I had you know the money to do it because I'll see something. I'm like, oh, I could have had that. I could have had that. And, but shipping shipping kills. Um, I know a couple guys out in New Jersey and then one in Illinois, and they have warehouses full of these things and. Um, I've gotten a few from them, but it's just the shipping. So mm -hmm. if I get from them, I have to get in bulk. Like bulk's the way to go because it's not as much in shipping. But then you also risk damage in shipping too. Yeah. Like things get knocked around a lot. Like I have a Mortal Kombat 4 out here and I got it from New Jersey and it was working. And through shipping, you know, the um, what you, the chassis on the monitor broke. So I, I'm a, I haven't got to it yet, but I think I'm just going to convert that to LCD. Okay. But yeah, shipping, you take a risk, you know, yeah. so I spent money on that and it's just sitting there. And, and when they sit here, you know, um, I always laugh because I, I don't see it often, but I'll see a post like, oh, you know, some of their games are down and somebody's bummed and that sucks. Like, yeah. I want them to come in and all the games are up, but at the same time, it's like, dude, I'm losing money because that game's not up. Like, yeah. oh, nobody's more bummed than me right now. <laughs> like, I, put, I, caught, I paid for it and it's not making money yet. So what is that, uh, what's that gold cup, like, game that you really want? That's your your star game that you want to get that if you come across it, you just, you have to get it. I have to get it, yeah. It'd be the Adams Family Pinball. Oh. Yeah, that one and 720. Okay. So those two are my, like, uh, holy grails. That's the word I was like for, your holy grails. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, that's a, that's a, that's interesting. So if anybody knows of a 720 out there, <laughs> yep. send it in. Um, also, one of the first things I noticed when I the first time I came here, right after you guys opened, bathrooms. Oh, nice. plastered with the comic books. <laughs> yeah. Like, what gave you that idea? So I got a cousin, and uh, he's head of marketing at Modern Times, and uh, he used to be at Stone, and he left Stone with the guys that. Uh, started Modern Times and start Modern Times with them and uh, I would go visit him all the time. His, his name is Phil McNitt. Yeah, McNitt. And uh, he's a real cool dude. And uh, he would always just say, hey, come say hi to me and get, you know, he'd buy me a beer. And I went to the Modern Times and they had comic books like that plastered on the wall. I'm like, oh, geez. And I, I would get I would get stuck over there just reading the comic books. He's like, dude. I go, was there any form or like formula to this? He's like, nah, the owner just put a bunch of his old comic books up. I'm like, damn, like, a good idea so um we will colleen colleen liked it too because she was with us and she was like you should put those up there and she was like you got a bunch of comic books i was like i'm not cutting up my comic books that's what i was afraid i was like did he just cut them all up so what i did is i went to phoenix to bookman's okay and they have 50 cent comic books and i ended up buying like 200 dollars worth of comic books and then I, I even went through those, and I kept like 70% of those, and then the, the rest, the ones I was like, all right, I could part with these because they're pretty in bad shape. Right. So I would take the best pages out. And, and there's, a, there's a, a rhyme and reason to it, if you notice in the comics. Um, they're, they're scattered, but mm-hmm. they're kind of together. And a lot of them are like uh, eye candy. Like I picked, I handpicked all those pages because they look cool. Like, uh, there's a lot of color to them, and they kind of blend in to each other. To each other, yeah. And then a lot of them, um, I just thought were cool reads or cool, like, parts from the comics. Like, the Silver Surfer and Legacy on there when they're in the bar. Like, that's a really cool one. Yes. He's talking about the drinks at the bar. I was like, oh, this is so perfect. (laughs) And uh, you have uh, a Star Wars comic book in there where it's a, a wedge getting shot down by Vader and him saying, like, I don't care to get medals, you know, like I just want the Empire to fall, like, like stuff like that's cool. The Green Lantern's in there when it's the Black Green Lantern and mm-hmm. he's fighting the Nazis. I was like, oh, I got to put this up. Like, there this you go. Cool. So, yeah, so, yeah, if you notice, there's a lot of, like, uh, personality in everything we do out here. Yeah. Um, one of the things Colleen contributed, too, is not a lot of people realize there's a lot of fleur de in in this building, like small stickers. Oh, really? Throughout the building, just, like because we're Saints s- fans, so oh. it's like an undercover thing. <laughs> so uh, every now and then, someone goes, "Hey, is that?" I go, "Yeah, they're they're everywhere. They're you just, just don't notice them." <laughs> it's kind of like the the hidden Mickey's at Disneyland. It's yeah. the hidden Florida Lees. That's awesome. I so like a lot that. Of that and um, uh, the wrestlers and the figures around yep. the bar. That was you know her idea. She's she's like, "You should put your figures up there." I'm like, "Oh, it looks like a wrestling ring." Yeah. She's like, do you have any wrestling figures? I go, not really. It's one of the 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 areas I never uh, followed up with. I used to watch it back in Ultimate Warrior and Hogan and Andre the Giant days, but um, you I, remember, I remember the cartoon. You remember yeah, I remember, the, I remember <laughs> the cartoon. Do you remember when the was it Ultimate Warrior and Jim Duggan came to, came here? Like, no. Yeah, it was, I was a kid. I, I I remember we went to Kofa. And they had the ring set up in the field, and we just watched the, oh, the event God. from there. It was a, what year is that? I did move away to L.A. for like six years. So I was like, it had to have been early 90s. Yeah, see, I moved back to Yuma in 94. Yeah, it would have been right before that. Yeah, yeah, it was 94, 95, I moved back. So, yeah, that was the, co- I mean, and then and when I was in high school, I was so into wrestling. 
still a little bit when I got to college, but after that, it's just like I just it just fell off. Like it wasn't anything. It, I didn't start hating it or anything. I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, like my cousins were all into it from beginning to end, and uh, they're my age, and they just and I, and I get it. Um, but when I left, I got more into comics and stuff, mm-hmm. and like I just I appreciated it and I liked it, but I never like almost kind of lazy like I was like I don't want to learn these new guys' backstories and like <laughs> it's just another thing that's going to take my time yeah. like, dedicate it to skateboarding or something because it's not just one show it's it's you oh. know it's it's hours upon hours a week <laughs> and now they have their own network and you have to get the anyways uh, you're also going to be starting up new um, live music here you're going to be kind of have a venue going on uh for for bands yeah yeah we've had a, a few shows um already we had mega ran here who uh he's uh, an mc um and he's originally from florida but he's out of phoenix now okay and uh his name's like like mega man mega ran his name's rahim and he's amazing like that guy it's very uh they call it nerdcore and okay i think mc fern a lot is the one who phrased that um, MC Chris, you know him from mm-hmm. Adult Swim, like all these guys, those guys are awesome. But they kind of started phrasing, you know, nerdcore because they're rapping about, you know, nerd stuff, which is really cool. And Megaran's one of them. He's, he's dope. He's a real good MC. And then he also does the, the nerdcore stuff. And he came here and it was awesome. He brought, you know, Penny the Great and uh, Rocky Tyree. And they did a show. And uh, um, Chesky Ramos was here. And um, now we have Sage Francis coming up, who's a big deal, which is really cool. Um, also, AWOL1 from Shapeshifters, he's coming up. Uh, these are hip-hop shows, but we also do you know, rock shows. Moth and Artificial Arms are going to be here in a week or two. They're, they're Yuma locals. Uh, we do local shows, and we bring other shows. And the thing that's different with us is um, we might in the future, depending on if they get bigger, but I don't charge for the shows. Oh, wow. So it, it's free admission as long as you're eating and drinking. Like, right. You know, it's kind of like a marketing thing. It's like, hey, we have a show here. Come hang out, you know. Listen to my music, get some food. Yeah, and hopefully the ones that come here, you know, religiously and play video games, hear the music and go, oh, like. I can, I, where can I find these guys? Yeah, because I, I was into the scene here in Yuma and, um. Well, I, I contributed to the scene in the 90s when everyone was doing punk. Like, I remember Super Hombres, Fish Yolk, uh, Jump Kick, like, and I was there at the shows, like, these guys are awesome. These are our local heroes. And um, I got into hip-hop uh, in, like, the late 90s, and I started writing poetry. Started out as a, a DJ and then started uh, rhyming, and um, I got in a group called Cerebral Arts in like the early 2000s. We started doing shows and throwing shows and we were bringing down people like Tumex and um, who else was it? Oh, Odd Thomas and uh, Propaganda. Like all these guys are super cool. Like they were our heroes and there was a small scene and people contributed. But it, it's a hard thing when you're, you're trying to get um, a local scene going because you know a lot of people listen to music, but not a lot of people show up. Right. And and it's hard when you charge. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, we're bringing this act down. We have to pay that act. Come show your support. And, you know, some kids can't afford it. or some no. kids And some people don't want to pay because they'd rather go get a drink. So um, I'm just trying to contribute back into the scene again. And I always said, like, well, if I had the money or I had a place, I would just do it so people can come and enjoy it. So it, it works now as, like, a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. It's like I can provide this. Just come in here and support like you always do. Just have a drink instead of that $10 you're paying. Like, spend it on food or spend it at the bar or put quarters in the machines. Like, 
but I, I do want to contribute to the music scene because I was a, a part of it for, for a while and I want to get back into it. So yeah, we're, we're doing, uh, com- we're going to start doing comedy shows, we're doing rock shows, like all different genres. We're going to, we're going to try them all out. But. Now is there going to, is there like a calendar on your website or is it mostly going to be on Facebook that you have uh, the events up or? So right now on the, on the website, it shows our upcoming events. Um, I always announce them on Facebook and Instagram. But I do want to get a calendar, like a solid calendar, so people can see, like, oh, what's coming up. Because I also want to do uh, themed weeks where we have uh, a trivia night or we have uh, our tournaments coming up. Like, I want to put it all on a calendar ahead of time so people can plan for it and come out, you know, when we have events. Um, also, the block parties that, you know, have, like, this week is the Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. And we're having a goth night. So um, we wanted to phrase it Mardi Goth. And we're going to be giving out black beads. Nice. So stuff like that, like I just want to keep it fun and like different, you know. But yeah, I love music. I love live music, and I want um, people to come out and you know show support for it. And a lot of these guys are people that I used to either do shows with or I'm friends with their friends, and they're you know nice enough to to come out. Like I'm, I'm pulling out all the favors now. Hey, I got this venue. Like come hey, play for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so also would go up on that calendar would be uh, live video game ter- tournaments that yeah. you, you're going to want to be doing. So you were telling me about that, like. What's that going to consist of on your end, like planning that, putting that together kind of stuff? So at first I was like, oh, I'll do everything, but it, it's, it's kind of a headache to like run a tournament, especially when these guys know more about it than me. Like like Smash is a big one. I, the Yuma Smash community is crazy. Like everybody loves to play that game. Did not know that. Yeah. And <laughs> the, fighting, the fighting community guys, they come here every, every couple months and they play. They're awesome. Um, but yeah, like... I'm good at like the older games, so like Smash to me is kind of foreign. I, I suck so bad. I am in that same boat. Every time someone <laughs> has asked me to play that game, it's like, I don't get this. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my Mortal Kombat? Let me try that out, you know? Um, but they're really good about it. The, I was running the tournament and they kind of just took it over. Like, hey, let me do the brackets. I'm like, all right, because they get it more. Um, they do double elimination, and I was like, okay, because I know how to run the tournaments, like just a tournament, but with them, there's a, lo- there's a lot of passion in it, so I, I learned a lot from them, and um, I'm getting a lot of help from them just because they want, they want a place to play, which is cool. So that's, I mean, when, you, when, when all is said and done, you said you had, you had plans for like, uh, a, a, a wall, like a wall of fame kind of thing? Uh, I think I want to get a trophy made, like a Stanley Cup, put it in the middle of the restaurant, and then just put like placard names on it for every year that everybody wins. Like, I love that. The, like champions of champions. Um, but our tournaments, what I always offer is depending on the entry, you know, if there's four players, then, you know, it's I think like a shirt and a $10 gift card for first place. But if we get like a tournament with 32 players, there'll be like multiple gift cards. Maybe the first place will be like 80 bucks. And just depends on how many entries we get. But um, all, all of our tournaments are free entry with like proof of purchase of $10 or more in the restaurant. Mm, okay. So that's all I ask is just come here and eat something or drink something. And here's a free tournament and you can win stuff where, you know, it's merchandise or it's gift cards. And some of the bigger tournaments will even put up like consoles and stuff. So, like, if I have a huge, you know, um, a huge fan base, like, growing for that, then that's something I really want to get, pay attention to. Now, is there, I mean, I have absolutely no idea how that whole thing works, but, like, is there a, 
a way you can look into being a satellite tournament for one of the bigger ones like we talked about where you know you can go win a million dollars playing Fortnite. <laughs> so I got uh, contacted by a guy from the city and he was he, he has kind of the same ambition I do and um, he was talking about esports in Yuma and I was like man that'd be cool because that's what that's where this is headed too mm-hmm. you know like I want us to have our own league here too but if we can gain enough composure you know I would like to reach out to those esport guys and see how they run their tournaments and maybe we can run like satellite tournaments here to where they can get an entry into a bigger tournament right or I mean we have the space like at the queue there's a huge uh, like um, stage area that mm-hmm. like could run like esports in there that's true I mean, if there's enough people that are willing to play, like, and come in from out of town, like, that would be a really cool, like, convention almost. If uh, Yumacon keeps growing like it is, I think that's something that, you know, in the future will, you know, will take flight. Yeah. Like, esports and Yuma. It's, yeah, that's, I, I definitely see that happening here, so. From what I heard, too, like, there was, like, three guys from Yuma that were in uh, the last one, the last, uh... So was it Dragon Ball they were playing? They were playing a fighting game, but there was a couple guys from Yuma that were in, uh, in San Diego or L.A. or something. Didn't hear about that. That's pretty awesome. I, have to look, I'll have to I heard it from that. Roy, so I don't know. He might be lying. Roy, Roy <laughs> a lot. No, I'm just kidding. And everybody knows Roy. You know Roy? I don't know Roy. Uh, he's GameStop Roy. Oh, no. Oh, cool. He, uh, uh, I met somebody who doesn't know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm just not in the video game scene too much anymore. So see, I see, but you appreciate it. You I know? do. Yeah. Very, yeah. And very that's what I so. think is cool. Like, this place kind of reaches, like, everybody from, like, the younger kids who are into it now, like, for the esports to the older guys like us that just like it. Like, <laughs> like I love seeing people play tournaments oh, yeah. people playing video games. Like, it's cool. It's like... Like, like you get it. You see why it's so fun. Like <laughs> that hand-eye coordination and trying to be better than somebody. Like, uh, I my my uncle's really good at Street Fighter, and to this day, I beat him like one out of twenty times, <laughs> and I get lucky by mu- button mashing. Right. But there's a you know there's a skill to it. There's an art. Oh, there's definitely. Yeah. There's there's blocking, and it's like chess. It's like you know how is this guy gonna react when I do this and. Um, you know, people who don't play video games don't realize that, you know, like the parents, you know, they're just like, oh, it's a video game. They're just hitting buttons. Yeah. Oh, they're hand-eye coordination and like they're learning. Critical thinking, speed thinking. Yeah. No, it's all. Strategery. Okay. So you talked about, you know, being in the skateboard scene, being in the music scene, being a movie lover. What is it that... I mean, not that you have to be defined by one thing, but what's what's your one geekdom? What's your one geek thing? Me? Actually, or your most geek thing? Uh, I'd probably say... Yeah, comic books. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I own probably like 6,000 plus comic books. Yes. How many long boxes do you got? All of a them, lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I have, I, yeah, I have so many long boxes there. Currently taking up space in the garage that I'm getting yelled at for and need to be moved, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. You know what the sad thing is, is like, it's funny because um, somebody asked me like, oh, well, what would you do if you retired? I was like, oh, I'd read all my comic books. Right. They're like, you haven't read all of them? I go, unfortunately, no. Like, <laughs> I've read all the ones when I was a kid because I had time to read them. Like, I still collect to this day and I'll read through them when I can, but like, I have no time to read comic books. It's just and, such a backlog. So I have all these comic books like I know I want to read and the newer ones are really cool too. Um, the only thing I don't appreciate about new comic books is how thin they are and how much more they cost. Like, Jesus. Yeah, yep, yep. You're so, yep. It's <laughs> $5 for some, you know, and it's, it's, not, oh, man. 
and it's it's bad. But but yeah, the, the stories are still great. They're yeah, still there. Yeah. The, the the colors have gotten more vibrant. You know, the the artists are. You know, you can find so many great artists. Like even at small cons, just you go up to them, you can see them. Uh, draw something new, you know, whatever it is, finding new books. Like, that's the, one of the best things since starting this podcast, going to cons, like, not such, not, not, not just like San Diego Comic-Con, but you go to, uh, you know, Amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con, even Yumacon, you know, there's going to be someone there that has some type of indie comic that they are trying to get off the, the ground kind of thing, and, and they're usually really great. So yeah. that's one of the greatest things that I've gotten to do since starting this whole thing. Uh, Are you aware of um, uh, Thomas Fernandez? Yeah, is the yeah I've had him on the podcast. Oh, right yeah, 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 so yeah. He's pretty great. <laughs> um, who? So, who's your top five? Top five superheroes? Oh man! So, in like the Marvel universe or in any universe? Any universe. So, because you said you don't have the time to read your comic books more yeah. often, but. Every comic book reader knows that there's always that one. You're like, I don't have the time, but I'm gonna have to read this character anyways. Out of everything, like Ghost Rider is my boy. Like, yeah, Ghost Rider is the man. Um, I love. Uh, um, I have to say, Ninja Turtles. Um, even the the cartoony ones, you know, because after the comic, the cartoon, they started making the comic book cartoons. Right. Even those ones. Um, the Tick. The Tick. The t- actually, The Tick is way up there. I love The Tick. I love The, the Tick because everybody sees The Tick and doesn't realize like how dark the original comic book was when he was in the insane asylum. and mm-hmm. It's like all in his head. He's <laughs> impervious to everything, but it's like, no, nah, he's just nuts. Like, <laughs> he thinks he's a superhero. Like, that, that's really cool. Like, and, and all his foes are weird, like man-eating cow and like... <laughs> Chippendale chair, chair face. Yeah, chair face. Uh, flaming carrot. Like, he had some weird, weird... Uh, like villains, but no, nah, that's super cool. My mom actually gave me her Tick comic book. She uh, she met the artist outside of the comic book uh, store that I used to go to in La Habra, and he was selling his comics. So she started buying them, and she bought some from him, like directly. And then from that point, she started collecting them. Oh wow! And she and, and I had my own, but she had hers like pristine, like not opened. And she finally passed those down to me like last year. So and then you put them up on the wall. Not sure. <laughs> that, that that is so cool. I I, I really dig that. Them, um, Warpath because he's native. Yeah. I always dug Warpath. You know, it was a funny character that never really got no play. I I don't even know if he went past the four four comics with slapstick. You remember slapstick? Yeah, it looks kind of like a, a clown. A clown, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's happened with him. I always thought he was gonna blow up, dude. I thought he was just so <laughs> cool, like how he just was animated, couldn't die, and just mimicked everything. Like, You're right. Um, he kind of, you know, what they kind of looks like. I, I don't play it, but I watched that Detective Pikachu movie that they had come out. I don't uh-huh. know if you saw it, but it yeah. had that uh, that mime one? mime. Line. He kind of looks like yeah, that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's if slapstick has made it far enough. <laughs> no, no. Even in the '90s, I think it was just a joke. But I thought it was cool. Like this is a cool comic book, and it never went anywhere. That's so cool. Um, so that's at four. Yeah, and then um, Beta Bill's cool. I like that. Beta he, Bill. Yeah, I like that he punked Thor. <laughs> I never pronounce this right. Majoral, Majoral, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Yeah. That's how you say that? That's how you're supposed to say it. I don't think the J is really, it's, it's pretty silent. <laughs> I had never pronounced it, like, and nobody knew how to say it right. Yeah, because you're just reading it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that he just punked him, took it, and then that 
uh, and that was cool too in the movies how um, uh, Stormbreaker like that was given to him from Odin to get them uh, I say again? Mjolnir? Mjolnir, yeah. Mjolnir back yeah yeah I just like how he punked Thor like <laughs> so I mean the, the rumors are that he's gonna be in the next Thor movie how do you feel about that that'd be awesome I seen his face on like I noticed it right away in, when, in Ragnarok yeah, on the yeah as on one the of the building? champions yeah yeah I, I had to like hold myself back from like saying anything. Oh <laughs> um, man, my favorite scene is when he uh, is on that chair and they like pay homage to Willy Wonka, and he's like screaming, you know, when he's on the chair and they're taking him into. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. It's it's the stuff's going by him real quick uh-huh. and he's freaking out. And he's oh, it's like the boat ride. Yeah, yeah. Wonka, music. Like, that was so cool. Like I thought that was just the best because um, anyone who knows me knows I love that movie. Like. <laughs> Favorite movies of all time, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Willy Wonka, Blazing Saddles, uh, Army of Darkness. Like <laughs> Those movies define who I am, like, I'm so, humor-wise. So with the banker room, is there a possibility of like a movie night sometime? So, uh, yeah, it's funny. That's funny you bring that up. Like It really is. A, it's in the works. I want to start a movie club. Yes, I, I'm there. Every, nice, every right. time. You're going to be the, the third member because I got two other guys <laughs> who are down. So. I'm in. Okay. So, so, so yeah, I don't know if I want it to be an underground thing because if I do it out to the public, I don't know if people will take it serious. Like I want serious people who want to watch a movie and it'll be like a, a fee and then I'll just put a spread out and we just hang out and watch a movie and like have a Q&A at the end. And um, I was thinking about that, like maybe like a little test and whoever gets closest gets like a gift card. Oh, yeah. paying attention to the yeah. movie, like all the little <laughs> Easter eggs in the movies. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so... Uh, Top movie, top three movies of, of all time. time. Well, for me, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. That's number one, always. Um, and it's funny because it took me five years to get Colleen to watch it. And when she watched it, I was like, like looking at her like, what would you think? She's like, it was okay. It was, it was okay. I was like, oh. And I, and Doesn't like, that I smiled. hurt the most? Well, no, I, for her, that was amazing. Oh, okay, like, good. Because she's pretty like critical on movies. And... Um, she goes, really? Like, it meant that much to you? I, I would have watched it sooner if I knew it meant that much to you. I was like, I told you, like, consistently, <laughs> every day, how much this movie means to me. But she goes, well, why do you like it so much? I go, because it has everything. The intro song by the Dickies, like, and it just comes at you so hard. And then, it, you know, everybody knows those old movies, like, the credits take forever for the movie to start. So this movie's, like, going through the town, through the, you're seeing some of the characters, and then it just starts, and the main characters are there. And within five minutes, you see a clown. You're just like, oh, shoot, like, that's, that's a killer clown. We're going. And all their references to clownism is just, like, genius. <laughs> the, the balloon dog, the cotton candy, the popcorn, and the pies, the little car, like, everything about it. And, um... The funny thing is, I'm terrified of clowns. Oh. I hate clowns. I, I really. Hate I'm sure clowns. that movie helped. <laughs> so, and yeah, my uncle used to make me cry in that movie. I didn't like that movie until I was about 12 years old, and like my uncle used to make me cry from like eight years old till till then. He had a Fangora magazine of it, and like he would chase me around the wow. the house with it. But like when I actually sat down and watched it, I was like, wow, this movie is genius. Like the the writing's good, the dialogue's good, the acting's good. Like it's not crazy like Oscar winning acting but it's not bad like it's almost it's like a borderline B movie but it isn't to me like it's it's up there mm-hmm. and just the ending's great like everything about it like I just I just love it the way that the um, the masks are you know it's not CGI right. it's all like original masks it's original props and 
like a lot a lot went into that and, and I appreciate it like so from that point on like that kind of catapulted me into looking at other movies and that's when I you know found Evil Dead and um, Bad Taste uh, Peter Jackson's Bad Taste You're that's right. a good movie is that the same as uh, Brain Dead? I know it's Peter Jackson's movie. He made it in uh, Australia or New Zealand, and maybe it's, it's a different zombies. And... Oh, Evil um, Dead Alive. Oh, Dead Alive. So yeah, Dead Alive. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Dead yeah. Alive came first, and then there's some weird puppet movie that I still haven't seen. I've been trying to look for it. It's like the Meet the Somethings. Meet the Deedles. Meet the Deedles. Yeah. yeah, I still haven't seen that one. <laughs> there's that one. Then yeah, Bad Taste. Okay, I, I haven't seen Bad Taste. And then taste. he got into Frighteners, and then he got into Lord of the Rings. I love Frighteners. Yeah, I, I thought Frighteners was awesome. It's, it's apparently going to be a TV show now. Really? And I was going to say, like, how much do you love that? Like, Killer Clowns from Outer Space right now is getting such a resurgence. Oh. Like, people are talking about it. You know, there's Alamo Draft, draft House viewings of it and stuff. It, it's funny because like. At one point in my life, I, I wanted to aspire to be an actor. Like, I took acting classes, and I was like, I, I need to be in acting. And there are three roles in my life I'd want to play if I was an actor. I'd want to play um, a movie of Jim Thorpe. Like, I'd like to be Jim Thorpe. Or I'd like to be uh, Estevez in Young, Young Guns. Oh, nice. Or I want to be some part of Killer Clowns. Like, I don't care if I'm splattering blood on somebody. Like, I want to be a part <laughs> of the production of the new... And I hope it's not a remake. I hope it's a part two. Like, that would be better. I love, I love continuations yes. more than remakes or reboots and like that. So. Remakes, if it wasn't that great to begin with, all right, try and make it better. But it's like like Willy Wonka. I, I'm just so mad at Johnny Depp for trying. And it's not his fault, but that movie would have been so much better if he was Charlie. Yeah. Like if if, if that was Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and he was all weird from like taking over the factory, taking over like, the factory awesome. as a child. Yeah. <laughs> but to try and in a sense outdo Gene Wilder like you're crazy you're nuts what are you doing <laughs> so I'd like to see it like with a cheesy title too like Son of Killer Clown like, yeah something just so like throwback to the 80s that'd be badass uh, alright you know it's been it's been an hour so oh. <laughs> I, I want to say this has been an amazing interview I, I, I love talking to you um Social media-wise, I assume we can find Red Moon Ale House on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Yeah, we're on Twitter. I'm not too up to par on Twitter. I don't think I've posted one thing on Twitter, but we have one. <laughs> you do have one? But Facebook, Instagram, we're really live on there. Um, we have a website. I'm starting to update that more often. We have a Snapchat but that's like a newer, younger yeah, thing. I'm not I, really, I don't understand it either. I know. I was trying to figure it out. I was like, but it deletes everything when you use it? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. So I have somebody who's going to take over that. Good. Since from this point, I've been doing all the social media. And um, I get a little help from uh, some of my employees that do it. Uh, but I'm trying to get that dialed in more now so that we're more relevant. Um, but I've been told we have a good presence, so that's good. And all I do is just try and put stuff out there so people yeah. hear it and get used to to seeing us and our logo. Yeah. But yeah, you can catch, we're always updating it with uh, prom uh, promotions, specials, events, and um, yeah, or just come in and check it out. What about you personally? Do you have a social media that you'd want to give out, like an Instagram or? Uh... Yeah, I used to go under Divine Wind on my Facebook, but I don't know if somebody turned me in and then they, w they wanted to see a driver's license with oh, my, <laughs> my name. So it has my real name on it now, but. Um, I'm on there all the time. It has a little video of me falling, skate, skateboarding. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Um, you can find me. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. 
the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.